I want to preface my sermon about the gift of love with something in a second, but I'm going to preface that with the realization that um, this sermon is written by the parent of a three-year-old and a ten-year-old, but a three-year-old. And two weeks ago we weren't here because there was ten inches of snow on the ground, and on Tuesday, I walked into my office sat da- and sat down and realized the biggest stress in my life is not my schoolwork or my job, but my three-year-old, who I love dearly, but is three. And I have to remind myself sometimes, yes, we, do, we really do love him. We really do love him. He is great, and he is funny. He called his grandfather an old man this week at the breakfast table, completely unprovoked. But he's three. And maybe my need to remind myself uh, that I love him is shaped too much by other definitions of what love is or is supposed to be. These days we spend much time in front of screens. Little screens, big screens, TV screens, movie screens, phone screens. More time in front of screens than anybody in generations before us would have ever imagined. And if we limit our definition of love to what it is that is mediated to us through the screens we sit in front of, we will have quite a skewed version of what love actually is. On the big screen, love gives off this impression as if it were some elusive, serendipitous waiting game that somehow happens to you. The apps on the small screens make love seem like the result of some scientific-ish matching experiment combined with the way you answer some probing questions that your phone definitely should not be asking you, you might think. Love on TV often just seems like that which happens between bickering couples on sitcoms. And of course, we all know these characterizations of love, well... They all fall short, don't they? I mean, of course they fall short. How could love, a thing like love, possibly possibly be conveyed by flawed characters projected on a two-dimensional screen? Yet sometimes we do fall trap into believing that love is something mystical and magical, like it happens in the Christmas songs or on the TV shows. But the reality is, sometimes love is much different than that. It's much different than what a screen can convey. And we need to maybe remember that. And so today we consider the gift of love alongside Mary, who will, who will become the mother of Jesus. 
And she is an amazing portrait of love when we consider what being the mother of Jesus means. When we consider all it will take for her to help fulfill the promises that are made in this song that she will sing that we are about to read. Chip earlier read about Elizabeth and Mary and Elizabeth meeting. And they're both with child and Elizabeth's child leaps in her womb. This event stresses the importance of relationships that Mary and Elizabeth will go through a lot of this together. And the real love in the real relationships, not the serendipitous ones of the romantic comedies, the real love that happens through relationships of all kinds is much deeper and much more important and and much more demanding at times. But not demanding in a bad way, I don't think. Demanding in a way that through working together and working on love together allows us to find, a, allows us to find love's true power and, and, and hopefully strength. Maybe that can be in our minds as we turn to this song of Mary, a beautiful song, a, a, a lofty song, a song that is full of amazing things that God will do through Jesus who is to come. A song that we find in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 1, picking up where Chip left off in verse 47, and we'll read through verse 55. Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, For the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has scattered the proud in in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy according to the promise he made to his ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. My Advent season, in part, and I hope yours in part, has been marked by the church's Advent devotional project. For three weeks, we have written and read the writings of members of our church as they reflected and wrote devotionals about Advent. If you followed along, I suspect you've noticed a theme of busyness that has run through many of these devotionals. Everyone was was talking about, many of them were talking about how busy they were and how they didn't want their busyness to prevent them from the deep hope, peace, joy, and love that they needed to experience during this season. There's a a deep longing for these gifts because sometimes these gifts are elusive. And I think sometimes they're elusive because we put such grand expectations on hope and peace and joy and love. And those grand expectations come because 
Maybe we allow external forces and definitions of those, those things to shape our expectations. We forget that to love doesn't mean that it will always be easy, but I think it means that we will work together at something important together. And maybe the gift of, of love is not something we can ascend to through perfection. Rather, it's the realization that having someone and some way to walk through imperfections and difficulties with us describes what love is. Oh, this love can come through a spouse, through a parent, but, but it also comes through friends and colleagues and neighbors, and church members. Love might be having someone to walk through life with us, and that cannot meaningfully be conveyed through a picture in a magazine or a passing portrait on a video screen. That's found in our lives, our lives with one another and our lives with God. Now, to change gears a little bit, I bought my brother a gift card for Christmas this year, and it was a gift card to Lowe's. Some of you may think that's an awesome gift. Some of you may think that that is a horrible gift. But I often think about going to a place like Lowe's or Oxford Hardware or Home Depot as a place where you go to buy work. Yeah, so you get it. You get that the pickup truck filled with timber and 12 bags of concrete may be a gift of something to someone, but to the one on the end of the post hole digger, that is the gift of work. Now, of course, when you go to a hardware store or a home improvement store and you buy some work, there is a sense of fulfillment that goes along with accomplishing something. A sense of fulfillment that is very different than the pumpkin spice latte that you purchased with your Starbucks gift card, which is also wonderful, but fulfilling in a very different way. There's, there's something deeply fulfilling about the fence we build, the bathroom we repair, the microwave we install, and that fulfillment stays with us long after the work is done, which is the point. It's why we go back to those big boxes of work. And shopping at Oxford Hardware is different than shopping at the Painted Ox, and a Lowe's gift card is not the same as a Starbucks one. They are all good. But there is something deeply meaningful about, about working on something. The Lowe's gift card has the potential to, to provide a, a meaningful satisfaction that redefines work from drudgery to accomplishment. And maybe when it comes to love, sometimes we want to just experience it as the peacefulness of sitting in that Starbucks store with a cup of coffee. But also, maybe it is through the willingness to work with one another, no matter what the work is, that we find fulfillment in our love. 
And I think this idea of fulfillment and devotion and hanging in there together and defining that as a gift of love is very much at play as we consider what Elizabeth and Mary and John and Jesus are entering into in this passage today. Mary's just met Elizabeth, and the good news is that Elizabeth, who was barren, is now with child. And Mary, who is young and yet to be married, is, well, she's going to bear the Son of God. The two of them are thrilled. John jumps in Elizabeth's womb, and, and the meeting of these relatives brings about the reality that both of them will have the support of each other as they go through the journey of of parenthood and parenting these particular boys. The families are excited that their flocks are growing. There's good news all around here on the surface as we think about all of this. But when we look deeper, when we consider where this story is going to go in just a page or two or three, what we find is that the journeys these families will take is not just one of constant excitement, but it's one of deep devotion and engagement and sacrifice. The lives of these boys will be up and down. There will be successes and failures. There will be joys and there will be pain. But in all of that, there is also love. You see, as much as we love these promises and the fulfillment of what God is doing in in Christ who is coming, it's hard for those of us who have young children or had young children or had, had times when our children were stressful to pass over the work that lies ahead for these folks. Oh, to be a mother and to be a father is amazing. But, but motherhood is a call to faithfulness beyond a serendipitous experience. And Mary's life was shaped by a lo- the love of a parent devoted to, call, to the call of God, the call that God placed on her. And it wasn't always magical. It was love that was exhibited through the committed work of faithfulness to her son that God gave her. Mary is raising a son who saves a nation, who does great things for us, who fills the hungry with good things, who lifts up the lowly, who who heals the broken and feeds the sick and, 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 and fulfills the promise of Abraham. Mary raised Jesus and it was like getting a giant gift card to Lowe's. It was a lot of work that lie ahead. And it required deep devotion to get to the end. And it was deeply satisfying to get through all this. And maybe we forget that part sometimes. Maybe we think it should be easier. I definitely do on snow days think it should be easier. But I wonder if the gift of love is is not just the gift of things always being easy, but it's the gift of doing the difficult things in life with someone who loves us. 
be it parenthood, be it marriage, be it friendship or, or, or other family, through the struggles, the loss, the pain, the, the fulfilling of a difficult call, countless other things, love is exhibited, the gift of love comes to us through having others beside us, others that walk with us. And God using those others to bring His presence to us all along the way. Maybe love takes work. But getting through it together is definitely not an exercise in fruitless labor. Rather, it's a labor of love. And in that labor, we find the gift of love. Of course, this time of year, in beautifully decorated sanctuaries, on streets that are lined with Colorful light, well, beautiful lights at night, not colorful lights at night. It's easy for us to just long for everything to exist in its idyllic form. To look outside our faith, it would seem that none of us are good enough or pretty enough or adventurous enough to find meaning in, in Christmas like everyone else is. To consider the Christmas that Norman Rockwell could paint might leave us wondering if the promise of a baby from God is enough. But life is not like a Norman Rockwell painting. It's often more like a Chevy Chase movie. And faith is not always like a Norman Rockwell painting, is it? And it's precisely, I think, the pursuit of that which is idyllic that overwhelms us with busyness during the season. When we wonder why we can't most deeply connect to the hope and the peace and the joy and the love that we really need at Christmas, I wonder if it's because we, we skip the gift of love and ex, as an exercise of faithfulness and devotion. We look past the, the spirituality of the scriptures and we miss that Mary loving Jesus was a labor of love and Elizabeth raising John the Baptist was far from an exercise in embodying perfection. Because parenting is hard. Receiving a new baby is a lot of work. But it's the kind of love, the kind of work that we commit to do together that brings us together and reveals the deep richness that exists in the world beyond a veneer of perfection. Which is exactly where we find, I think, the best love. We've written... And we have read and we know that we need hope and peace and joy and love. And we want a deeper experience of all of that. And we want that which is meaningful, not shallow or short-lived. And so today, I hope that by considering the gift of love that comes through the news, that two boys are coming and at some point these two boys are going to be three-year-olds. will help us to remember that, that, that to engage in the work, to raise and to follow and to remain faithful to that which God gives us is how we embrace and experience the gift of love. And that can happen right here as God gives us one another. That can happen anytime we make a commitment to work with one another on anything. 
And it can happen right here in the messiness of life. And amid that messiness, what we find is a God who doesn't always free us from the messiness, but promises to walk right with us no matter where the messiness promises to take us. And so today, maybe the gift of love is not the gift of perfection at Christmas. It's not the romantic ideal that we'll see on the screen, but enjoy them if you see them. But maybe today the gift of love at Christmas is the gift of a parent who commits to being with us through it all. Maybe the gift of love at Christmas is like Mary being there for Jesus. Or God giving us one another. So that in one another we find the steadfast devotion to one another. To help us through whatever comes. And in that, we're assured that God is with us. And in that, by going through it together, it makes all the difference in the world. And we experience God's love deeply and richly, no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in. I hope we can find that love today, that love this season, and that love that will carry us through the days ahead. Will you pray with me? Loving God, we give you thanks for this day and for this season. We give you thanks for all the goodness and beauty that is around us during this season. And Lord, we pray that through devotion to one another, we pray that through faithfulness to you, we pray that through being with one another and with you through the the goods and the bads, the easy days and especially the hard ones, that you would help us to experience the gift of love in ways that we haven't before, but in ways that we deeply need. Lord, may we see the gift of love as the gift of your faithful presence all the time, not just the magical serendipitous happenstances, that we sometimes see around us. Help us to find love through faithfulness, through work and through one another. And it's in your name we pray these things. Amen.